Hello and welcome to The Sipping Point. I am your master blender, Cameron Hobbs, and this is the podcast where we ask the whisk what, the whisk where, and the whisk who, as we take a new guest through their ultimate drumming experience every single week. Delighted to be joined, of course, as ever, by our resident whiskey goblin and my co-host, Angus Coots. You back. What's up? Um, what's been in the glass this week? Um, oh, I'll tell you what I got really into mm. um, the other day. I was... Too much of, to be honest. One of the whiskies we've had before in the house had a couple of mates around, and it was after a couple. I drank a lot of that Cardew Founders Reserve or the Gold Reserve, whatever oh, it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know what? As far as it being quite a cheap supermarket one, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's it's the one interestingly you both identified it as the supermarket one yeah but it's the one that's drawn the highest compliments so far well I thought it was interesting yeah compared the, to last the... week that Talisker Sky got a bit of a kick in yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to slamming a distillery at some point <laughs> <laughs> it's fine these are the core ones right Talisker we will redeem Talisker because there's some absolutely cracking drams out of that and distillery and that 10 that they do is one of the finest smoky whiskies you can get yeah. I think so yeah. I'll say something nice about Talisker to start so it's beautiful location, Carbost yeah. and the Isle of Skye. As far as locations go, it's up there. It's one of the better. Oh, but you can. What have you been drinking? Uh, I've been drinking a few different bits and pieces. I've actually been in the States um, and I had Redbreast for the first time. Um, the Irish whiskey. Well, one that I, Redbreast 12 it was, I've heard an awful lot about it. Uh, I tried it. I'm not necessarily going to commit to my feelings on it because I only had the one nip. But you try it, it again? I would try it again. I felt it was in, it played in the space side range right. similar kind of feel but definitely different I, I feel like I want to sit down I'd had a few beers by this point as well yeah. I need to give it its proper opportunity sit down clean drink it as it's meant to be drank and then I'll come back with my thoughts and it may well make an appearance at some point so I don't want to go too far down For the sure, path yeah. yeah right well let's get on to this week episode four we're excited and delighted to be joined by tour guide and stand-up comic Dan Downey <laughs> So it's just Cameron here before we get into this. The three drams that are being drank tonight, see if you can guess which one they're having. In no particular order, we've got the Deanston Dragon's Milk Stout Cask Finish. We've got the Morris Signature Australian Single Malt. And we've got the Glenfiddich 12. Welcome to the Sipping Point, Dan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm good, Cam. Tour guide and stand-up comedian. Let's start first of all. Which one do you prefer the most? Well, they're kind of two of the same, to be honest. I run a tour company called Montebank Tours. So it's a comedy walking tour of Edinburgh. So to describe me as a tour guide would be... <laughs> <laughs> I basically, like, I've got a very unique style in terms of I insult people, I shout at them, I complain about stuff. Hopefully it starts raining at some point the tour as well. And then my guests are like, yeah, that was a full Scottish experience. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's very much like a, a comedy club on the streets of Edinburgh. So it's, uh, aye, it's very much, my, my tagline is hysterical and historical. <laughs> and it's definitely the hysterical is the, <laughs> the focus. The focus, aye. Yeah. Although I'll tell you this, every single real tour guide, like my, pe my people, uh, we all see you as one of us. Yeah, we I mean, see the thing is like, I, uh, when I started my tour company, I was very much like, 
I didn't want it to be like if I was if someone says, well, you know, what's about like Mary Queen of Scots or something like that? I never ever wanted to be like, ah, didn't worry about that. Like, you know, it's all just a laugh. You know, I was like, if someone asked me a question, I wanted to be able to give them an answer. Mm. So I became obsessed with Scottish history, and that's kind of my thing. I'm doing a master's degree in Scottish history at the moment. At the moment, mm. uh, and all of my Edinburgh fringe shows of recent have been like. You know, Scottish historical base. So last year I did a show about Mary, Queen of Scots called There's Something About Mary. Good name. It's quite good. Thank yep. you. I know, right? Uh, this year one about the Jacobites. So aye, I've kind of, I've made that my my thing. It's kind of history, Scottish history and comedy. So yeah, that's where I got the idea for Montebank Tours. And, the- and it's lovely to be the middle part of that Venn diagram of comedians, historians and tour guides. You sit beautifully right in the middle of that. It's very, it's very sellable thing you know mm-hmm. I remember at the Edinburgh Fringe last year uh, be in my venue and like the our venue manager would be queuing folk up at the stairs you know and she'd be like ah, like, are you guys here to see Daniel Downey and they'd be like no we're here to see Mary <laughs> and I'd be, at, I'd be at the top of the stairs like yeah you're in the right place guys it's fine don't worry so yeah it's, it's, it's very very sellable you know for folk coming to Edinburgh because I I mean I started the tour just Trying to talk talk folk into coming on a on a tour for free, and then it just took off. Oh, um, and I yeah, it's just been it's it's been phenomenal. Like the kind of the growth of it. So we're so lucky in Edinburgh. I don't think a lot of people get this, um, but we've got such a good. Oh my god, this is going to be a tour guiding podcast today. Um, <laughs> but we've got such good tours and tour guides work in the city just now. Like I, I go on tours every time I go on holiday. It's the first thing I do is I book a walking tour. Nine times out of ten, I'm disappointed by it. Um, and it might just be because I know the industry, I know what I'm doing, I know what how I would do the tour. But I just genuinely think there's better tour guides working in Edinburgh just now. And offering different things. So like the Little Fish tours that I work for, they do the whiskey experience. It's quite a unique thing. Mm. Uh, it's a whiskey tasting and folklore and you got a bit of history, I play some music to it. Dancing is a completely different thing to your regular tour. And then there's all those regular tours and the ghost stuff and the vaults and things. There's something for everyone in Edinburgh. You could do four, five, six tours and not oh, even I, come close to hitting the same pe- thing twice. People do as well. And the nice thing, what Angus is saying there as well, is like, you know, I, I had someone uh, email me the other day. They wanted a private tour. It was like nurses and stuff. And they were like, oh, we're, we're trying to decide whether to do a medical tour or a, a comedy one. And I was like, yeah, well, cool. You know, if you want to come and do the, the comedy tour, um, I, I have a few things that are maybe I can medical base, but like the tour is the tour. And then they ended up going down the medical route. And so instead of being like combative about it or anything, our friend John just started a new company and he used to be a doctor. So the first thing I do is go, yeah, just email this guy. Yeah. As Angus says, there's there's so much to go around and people can do it. And one of the other, one of the other things I think as well, I didn't realize until I started doing this was how much comedy tourism is a thing in Edinburgh you know I would say like two thirds of the folk I get on my tour are like they're go- they're doing my tour and then they're going to Monkey Bar all that night or they were at the stand the night before you know mm. and I don't think I really realised how big a thing like comedy tourism was until I always had it in my head like when I was just doing stand up before Montebank I was like well everyone I, everyone in in Edinburgh kind of forgets about comedy after the fringe we have this big kind of August kind of thing and then it just kind of dies down but 
we are no, seeing it from the eyes of, of people visiting the city. I realise now that we're seen as a comedy destination. And it makes so much sense as well because like, you don't put two and two together when it's happening. Yeah. But when you gig at Monkey Bar or The Stand in Edinburgh, you gig to international audience. There's always tourists. Yeah. And it's not just because there's tourists in Edinburgh. You go to Glasgow, there's tourists in Glasgow. They don't go to the stand all that often. You go to Glasgow, so who's all from Glasgow? The entire room would, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And that's great. It's one of the reasons I love Glasgow is you can get away with all that really Scottish stuff that you can't do in front of someone exactly. from yeah, that's fucking Ohio, you know? So let's embrace this tour guide pod episode. Um, <laughs> Edinburgh in the UK, top three locations to be a tour guide I would say easily easily oh, I'd, right. I'd say probably oh, number one I know people that work one. in London London's busiest more people go on holiday to London than anywhere else more Americans come to Edinburgh though so um, London Edinburgh what would be number three what makes the top three and then what makes the top five I'd be tempted to say York, but it's probably not. Probably York, eh? Could be I mean, what, what, what you need is a compact city. I mean, like... Well, York's great we, for that compact. compact yeah. York's great for that, But, like, when you, when you talk about London, like, what are you talking about? Like, London isn't... There's no such thing, really, as London, is there? It's, like, what area of London are you yeah. in? Yeah. We're very blessed in Edinburgh in that everything is... what There's a walking culture. Everything's walkable. You know, the old town and the new town, you can do a tour of one or both and the options are kind of endless in terms of maybe that's the thing that Glasgow doesn't have that same thing and that Glasgow's a bit more spread out. Right. You need to know it's a much more going. modern city as well. You know, Glasgow feels like a proper new world Aye. modern city Aye. and that's what all the Americans are like. Uh, Crystal Evans, a fantastic comedian. Um, my tip for best newcomer at the Fringe this year. Um, she, uh, We were driving through and as soon as you start coming in Glasgow, she's like... I do forget that you have real cities in Scotland because <laughs> <laughs> she lives in Edinburgh and it's such a fairy tale fake place. If there was another city in the world that you could tour guide in, is there a, an ultimate in your list? Uh, probably Dingwall. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to go to Dingwall. Well, that seems to be a question you, about where's the accent from, so that's fine. <laughs> I'd like to point out that I am the best comedian within a six-mile radius of Dingwall. Uh, and that's because that's there is no there is no competition at all. And that's because that. Bewley, where I'm from, is eight miles away. Well, fucking, um, <laughs> you take my point. <laughs> I don't really know. I've never really thought about where else I've wanted. I think it's different because, like I say. Like you introduced me as a tour guide and comedian, I'd probably see myself as a as a historical comedian mm. more than a tour guide. Was I think Angus, you're maybe more because I know that like like that we mentioned John before I'd worked in Prague, and then you probably deal with people, or you could yourself go and work in another European city and be a tour guide. I, I don't really see myself that way. You know what I mean? Like I I came into it in a very different route. I was comedy first. And then tour guiding, whereas you I was you, you became a tour guide and then decided to to try comedy. Yeah, try being the operative word. Before we get into the <laughs> whiskey side of this conversation as well, I think I just want to note, this is the first time, episode four, first time I truly regret that we've not made this a video because uh, Daniel here is absolutely dressed for the part. Beautiful. Yeah, this is not a video. Kilt, not wonderful a video, no. socks. What is the tartan? This is Modern Lindsay. Modern Lindsay. And don't mean my dog as well is here. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, Cannot Brand, forget. Brand a.k.a. The, the Bonnie Prince, as he's more commonly known. <laughs> he's now looking at us. <laughs> he's passed out next to the door, just absolutely burst. Which both elements absolutely heighten a whiskey drinking experience. A dog and a kilt, let's be honest. Yes, a sleeping mean, dog yeah. as well. We should you? have an open fire. That's the only thing we're missing, really, isn't <laughs> well, it? Well, let's get into that, because we will talk about where you're going to drink it in just a minute. All but right. as you... Um, dram number one has been poured into the glasses. So as you lift it to your, your nose and you 
enjoy the vapors and the smells. We'll start, first of all, Dan, with your kind of history of whiskey. When did you first get into drinking single malt? Uh, oh, it's really good. I think that when you're from the Highlands, it's it's in your DNA. <laughs> you know, like when, when I when I think about growing up, and you don't even really think about it, like our cross-country course was uh, the Rosshire Cross-Country Championships used to run around the Dalmore Distillery. Mm. And it never ever occurred to me in my head that this was a big deal or anything like that, you know. So we're kind of immersed in it. And I always say, like, my, my brother took longer again to whiskey and I was like, it comes to every it comes to every person, it comes to every Scotsman at some time. But I can actually remember, I wouldn't say it's the time I, I, I became like a whiskey head and got into whiskey, but I do remember when I when I first started drinking whiskey, or the first time I decided I liked whiskey. Yeah. I was at university, I was in third year at university. And I had done like uh, the previous summer, I had done uh, one of these Camp America things. You know, you go over and like yeah. you, we were teaching like the rich New York kids in like upstate New York. And I met these boys from Kansas who were like my, my co-counselors, you know. And so they came over to visit me in Edinburgh. They were doing like a university semester in Italy, I think it was. And so I was trying to do the whole just like Scottish thing for them. I had taken a Coburn's Haggis, Dingwall, Angus, Coburn's Haggis, you give us that. I prefer McSween. Oh, fuck you. Also, you're just taking the piss now. You're just trying to anger me. A Coburn's Haggis uh, down for Dingwall. So I'd cooked them a Haggis, an Iron Brew and all that. And I had bought whiskey, inverted commas, and it was like a, it was like a bottle of grouse, and I fucking hate grouse. I can't. I, it's awful. <laughs> grouse has and, come uh, up on the pod before. I've got time for it. I I can't even do it. Like my my blend is is black bottle. I like two, black bottle. Two as well. die, black bottle. <laughs> but anyway, I bought this bottle of grouse, and uh, obviously fed it to the American boys, and they're like, "This is fucking gross. We're not drinking this." And it sat in the top of my fridge for months after after they had left, and then it was like there was this lassie. Uh, that was on my university course and it was her 21st birthday and I was that thing it was like I was at university and it was a case of you can have bread or milk but you can't have both you know mm. and so I was skint and she phones me up and she's like you're coming out Daniel you're coming to my party and I'm like honestly I can't like I've, I've got I've literally got nothing I can't take any money out of the bank I've got nothing she was like oh please come on come out we're having a big party and I goes right okay what am I going to do and I was like right, I'll go to the party I've got nothing in the house there's this bottle of grouse on top of the fridge. I took the grouse, started walking. I remember walking through the grass market, necking it straight. And I was like, this is all right, man. Yeah, this is... Oh, I've had a couple of big pools this in is, this, is like, this is all right, actually. And honest to God, hand on heart, from that day forward, I was a whiskey man. All, all I drink, all I drank from that to the rest of university, all through my 20s, all through my 30s, uh, Whiskey's been the one drink that I can drink. Like if I if I have like two or three pints, I feel like hell the next day. Mm. I can drink half a bottle of whiskey and I, I I'm, I'm okay. It seems in my head it's good for you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a danger. I know it's a dangerous attitude to take, but I'm yeah. like, I ha I was out on like a date with the last of the weekend and had wine for the first time in ages and just felt like hell. I think you're awful. quite like me in that like I'm I'm so basic when it comes to my uh, my whiskey drinking I, I, or my drinking in general. I like tenants. Aye. I like Guinness. Aye. I like whiskey. Yeah. And that's about it. And yeah. like I'll handle a rum, I'll handle a sambuca, I'll handle a uh, 
glass of wine or a cocktail. But I'd prefer. Yeah, I'm the same. Pint of tennis and a drink. Well, see, when I was drinking that wine at the weekend, and honestly, I could feel my my stomach. It just wasn't sitting. And I was like, I got in. I goes, I need a whiskey to settle my stomach. <laughs> you know, it's a seltzer, yeah. To settle my stomach down. That's what I felt. And and you you mentioned rum there. I travelled in South America for four months. Uh, fuck, ten years ago. Amazing, but it was great because I got in and I was like, uh, as I say, all I drink is whiskey. So I go to have like a whiskey in South America. Yeah. I think the first place I went to was Peru, and I go into this bar in Lima, and I'm like, can I get a, can I get a, a whiskey? And it's like Castle Loch or something yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> and I drank it, and I was like, I quickly realised, oh shit, I can't drink whiskey here because this is undrinkable. Yeah. And uh, that's when I had to resort to rum as well, quite like the dark rum. Speaking of undrinkable, I thought this was when I first had a sip. This was boozy. The, the, the so we're talking about dram, dram number, number one, one here. yeah. And I've just had another sip of it now, and it's gone a lot smoother. I. Don't know whether it's just had those initial vapors on it. I thought that was the first. The first mouthful of whiskey in regard is always a powerful one because you, yeah. you need to acclimatize your mouth to it anyway. It's boozy though. Drink. Is it a cask strength one? He won't tell us. All oh, right. Okay. Tell you at the end. It's part of the game. So before we talk about what your actual dream whiskey is, let's delve a little deeper. If you're judging what you said, you are a, an experienced whiskey drinker. Uh, so far, what I love about this podcast is we've had a real mix of people. And I think that's great that anybody, mm. whether you've only tried two or whether you've got a huge collection, you can take part in this conversation. What is in your cabinet at home at the moment? I have fuck all my cabinet because oh. I don't collect it. I drink right, okay. it. You know what I mean? <laughs> But I, I am I am a bit of a whiskey ball bag. Like if I've got this wee this wee notebook I'm showing the gentleman here. And uh, I've not I've not really kept it up to date. I think it was something I did over COVID with I've got all my like uh the my colours there. Like look at that. I've kind of Show me this. I've got uh I've got, I've got the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, so I've got every single distillery. So when I buy a, a you know what you're, you know getting, what you're getting. getting when I yeah. buy yeah, when I buy a society bottle I can go right, it's a it's a thirteen oh that's a Dalmore. Oh, it's a fifty-five. That's a Royal Brackler, uh, and then I, I try and make, I try and make wee notes, but I'm, I'm terrible at it. Oh, do you know, do you know, do you know my? There's no problem? wrong answers. There's no wrong answers. Do you know to my this. Pro- well, this. Do you know my problem is, Cam? Right, is like. <laughs> my palate is so limited. If you think <laughs> if you think my drinking is limited, like my eating is even more so. You know, so I'm like I like drinking the, the tasty notes and be like, oh, it tastes like kumquats and all that. And I'm like, I don't have a fucking clue what that tastes. Like. Yeah, I've got no idea what a kumquat <laughs> so like, is. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I don't have enough point of references. Yeah. So like, I swear to God, all of the notes just say vanilla and orange over and over and over again. The, I throw in the occasional honey and treacle. <laughs> the same thing. And again, when we talk about this so far, we've had as simplistic as this is a bit woody and a bit spicy. Yeah. And then we had uh, charred chilli the last time. Uh, you know, we we really do get a mix of this. Uh, there's no wrong answers. I know there's no wrong it answers, right? It tastes to you what it tastes to you. But I went to... I, I to, um, I'm making this seem like I go on loads of dates. I've not been on a date in like a <laughs> year and a half. But I took a lassie to to the, the Edinburgh Whiskey Festival, just the, the last the one at the assembly rooms. And I know you say there's no wrong answers, but she was incredible. Right. And it was kind of pissing me off, to be honest. Because <laughs> like... We'd go to the bar and then like the guy who's behind the, the counter, he'd like pour us a dram and he'd be like, what are you getting there? And I'd be like, I'd be my usual, oh, orange, treacle, uh, chocolate. And then she was like nailing it. Yeah. 
And she, but she was like actually getting the. It was like that film, the Angel Share. You know, this last season never had whiskey before. Going, oh yeah, that's fucking easy. That was just and that. Uh, so she, I was very impressed. Well, a little I mean, pissed off. As well. There's a reason that women are some of the best blenders in the world is because yep. their sense of smell and taste is definitely better. Um, absolutely. Uh, well, she was on a date with me, so her sense of taste was uh, <laughs> questionable. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> must have had COVID. Yeah, she lost all her taste. So then, I think it's the rum's delicious, baby. I like it. I it grew on me. Uh, the first, my first sip, I it's really wasn't a fan. Aye, it's, I think it might be. I think it might be a cast strength boy. Okay, right. So I, I, Angus has yeah. uh, taken a real punt every single episode so far. So. I'm not going to call the distillery. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> not for this one, at least. <laughs> He's not been anywhere near I've right never yet. Been right. I, um, I, I agree, to be honest with him. I feel like the one time you nail it on, I'm just going to stand up and start applauding. You know, I'll not even wait till <laughs> <Yes>. the end. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the cupboard is bare, but you can pick oh, sorry, whatever's yeah, I, in I'm your... I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I totally um, uh, what have I got in my cupboard now? Not much really i uh i don't have like a huge collection of whiskey i'll normally have about three or four bottles in the cupboard and that's mm. it and i'm one of these people that i'll finish a bottle before and then go out and buy a new one i don't know how you can do that i'm, I'm at the point now where i've got so much that i'm having to stop myself from opening new bottles until i finish a bottle because i've got so many open bottles mm. and i've got mm. so many like um i'm quite content if i've got four bottles in the house that's enough of a range for me you know, I'll, I'll try and have something like, you know, if I've got a, 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 a say a singleton, I'll make sure I've got something smoky in there as well. Mm. I was just going to ask, like, is there a region that you go to, but you no, you like to mix across like the range? I like to mix, yeah. Like as Angus is, is saying there, he's got loads of whiskey, but I'm like, if I've got say four bottles that offer enough range of taste so I can go and I can go, all right, I fancy having, you know, something a bit smokier. Than yeah. That. Um, but no, not a huge collection at all. I've only got one bottle. My dad bought it for me, um, and was like, "I mind and no open that. It's got a seal over it." And I'm like, "Why the fuck did you give it to me then?" If it's like, I can't I'm, I'm not big on that. I like drinking whiskey rather than collecting it. But I've got two bottles that are investment whiskeys, and they're just my, hidden in my cupboard. My my uh, my ex partner. Remember her her granda died with uh, endless whiskey in the house endless endless whiskey and he would he was just one of these guys who would sit and drink bells or whatever you know and never With some of the these. really best whiskey in the world there yeah mad nah, and I think I, if you've got he, it why would you why yeah. would you drink shite yeah, yeah I barely knew the guy and I got sent away with like a, a 30 year old Dalwini or something oh, Jesus Christ. it was madness honestly it was Bonkers. Garth much his favourite, I think, wasn't it? Uh, Glenn Farkless of a non-descript Farkless. Oh, I was yeah. at Glenn Farkless. I, I walked, uh, Bran and I, my dog, we walked the Speyside Way in April this year, and Glenn Farkless was tremendous. Yeah. They had experienced, their distillery's amazing, because, like, so basically what I was doing, I was walking the Speyside Way, I was walking about, like, between 14 and 18 miles away, and I tried to, like, get a few distilleries on the route. You may, you'd be amazed at how few distilleries are actually on the route, or how few offer tours that are yeah. on the route. You mentioned Cardu before, like all that was on yeah. it, but you couldn't get in. But I went to Glen Farkless, right? And um well sorry to tell you this, I went to Glen Livet first of all. Uh and they didn't let me in with the dog. I was like, well just tie him up outside, it's fine. And they're like, no, he might attack someone. <laughs> Which if you knew the dog we we're talking about, you'd be like, if you could see Bran right now you'd be like that ah, ridiculous. So I was like, right, fine, just refund me my tour. 
We went, so we went, but I went to Glen Farkless, right? And so they're like that. So this is my experience at, at Glen Livet. And Glen Farkless is like, that's a cracking dog. Get him in here and get him to meet the distillery manager. And the distillery manager, it turned out, if I can remember the guy's name, I think he was called Alan Fraser. Don't quote me on that. But we had met him in the pub the night before in Aberlour. Mm. And so the dog comes in and this guy, Alan's like, oh, that's the Doug that was trying to steal my dinner last night. <laughs> and so he's he's fully like he's a he's fully a Callum Fraser. What is his name? Callum Fraser. Callum Fraser. There you go. Uh, and so he's he's fully uh, kitted out in like full regalia because it was the whiskey festival was on at that time. Brilliant. Sweet time whiskey festival. So uh, he goes like that what to me. What time to visit? Yeah, wow. it was class. And he goes, uh, he goes, oh Daniel, um, uh, what year are you born? And I was like, oh, 1987. And he goes, uh, he hands me a dram and he goes, oh, well, there's a dram that's 10 years older than you. <laughs> so I got, uh, at Glenlivet, I was turned away because of my dangerous dog. Yep. Whereas at Glen Farkless, they took me in. Distillery manager hands me a 46-year-old dram, for Christ's sake. I, like that I think it's a good a good, a good, good call from Max. Because we were both born dram. in the same year, but uh, you're 36 and I'm not yet. <laughs> yeah, you take small. the small victories, don't you? Yeah, of course. So, God, you like the, the eight mile instead of seven mile. <laughs> yeah, like, you're, born, you're, you're born in May and I'm born in September. Like, All right, very good, mate. Just take any victory you can. I will. <laughs> so what, for the rest of this journey, this perfect dream dramming experience is going to be in your glass then? What's the dream whiskey, the number one in your list? I think it's a difficult question. Like, I... I I don't know if there's a number one whiskey. There's certain ones that like I am a bit romantic about. Like I think every person who is a whiskey person, I've never actually been to Eilie and I, I want to go one at some point. But the best distillery I've visited is Highland Park. It's, it's I just, love Highland Park. Distillery. It's just gorgeous. It's just it's just it's just gorgeous. Mm. It's like. It's like the Willy Wonka factory of whiskey. It's just, it's, it's perfect. It's just, mm. it's just perfect. Uh, so that I think Highland Park always has a wee special place there. But I, th I really like um, oily drums, yep. you know. And I think the, the I never know if it's cleanlish or cleanlish. Cleanlish. Cleanlish isn't. Cleanlish is is probably, in fact. Well, it's a wee bit of a sad story, actually. I hope you don't mind me telling it. Nice. I um, So during COVID, I started a podcast. It's called the Monobank History of Scotland podcast. And it was like um, similar to what I do with, with, with tour groups. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the mix between history and comedy. And what I would do, the, the, the podcast got quite successful. But then I started my master's degree and I couldn't kind of juggle mm. all these balls. So I'll go back at some point and hopefully pick it up. But what I was doing was like I would do an episode on Scottish history and then I would try and connect what I was talking about in Scottish history with a whiskey from that area, you know. And each episode I tried to, to make it a different whiskey. What I was doing was I was trying to raise money at the end of each one through like buy me a coffee in my Patreon account mm, yeah, yeah. and I would try and what I would do is I'd invite people to nominate someone that they felt deserved a whiskey during the pandemic so like a, a doctor a nurse someone like that and so I got all these requests coming in and I sent these bottles of whiskey out and then there was this one guy who like had terminal cancer mm. and he was like right well forget all these people that um, you're saying deserve a whiskey he's like you've really helped me get through 
my treatments and stuff like that. And he was like, what whiskey can I buy you? And I was like, no, you don't, you don't have to do that, man. Honestly, please don't do that. He, uh, when he asked me, my answer was, a, a well, probably a, a, a Kleinlish 14. Right. And then he, Good choice. he turned up at my friend's show with a bottle of Kleinlish 14. Oh, that's great. And so I suppose that one probably would would be the and, and if I had to stand beautiful it. reason because it's not just about the whiskey itself; it's the meaning that that whiskey holds for you. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. exactly you romanticise it. That's exactly what this podcast is based upon because we all romanticise those drams. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely beautiful. So and a cracking dram as well. Kleinleash fourteen. Kleinleash is is phenomenal, man. On to dram one then. You both said that you liked it. What are the taste notes you're getting from this? I mean, first of all, it came in boozy. I think mm-hmm. you got that as well, yeah. Where are you getting off? It's it? quite a light mouthfeel, though. Yeah. Um, as in, I don't think it's like Sherry Cast or anything no. like that. No. I've got a thought about that, though. It's not a normal cast. I think it's been finished in something, or it's, or it has been aged in something that's not traditionally what we use like not just traditionally just commonly used um, I had a whiskey from the from a red wine cask for the first time the other day the other day you had it that's my favourites yeah. I love red I had never whiskey. had that I think it was an Aberlour a red red wine cask finish best I've ever had I've been incredible red wine yeah love it um, yeah, I don't know really if don't it, do I don't more. know if it's red wine though no it's definitely not it's not rich enough but there's it's some not got the colour, I mean, no, I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's yeah, a quite no. light colour, this one. Yeah. Maybe there was something about it, though. Um, but fans of this? Yes, big time. I um, think it's fantastic game. Grant? Um, if this turns out to be the supermarket one, then I'll be buying a bottle of it. <laughs> Guarantee you that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's got a wee kind of creaminess to it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, almost like a kind of tablet. Okay. Tablet, interesting. Yeah, I think it's very sweet. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd be loath to even try and guess where it's from. No, or no, a region or that. It's just nice. Don't need you to. Grand. Okay. Well, we've picked our dream dram, the Kleinleash fourteen. Uh, it's time to crack into nip number two, and we'll discover where you want to drink your dream dram. As we continue our journey and as the second nip is in the glass, it's time to turn our attention to where you're going to drink your whiskey because this is part of the whole experience. We talked earlier about, you know, it's uh, what's in your glass is romanticised, but where you're drinking it also is too. So you've got that glass in your hand, that Klein Leash 14, but where in the world do you want to sit and drink that for the perfect whiskey experience? <clears throat> uh, probably on a beach in Scotland... With a, an open fire and just probably me and my dad, something like that, watching, watching I don't know, sunset in Scotland out on a beautiful beach with a lovely bit of scenery and a wee bottle there shared between the two of us. Pretty straightforward. Water, I was going to say that sounds straight out of the stock answer kind of thing there. But that's what we're getting a lot of. We're getting a lot of uh, water and fire. Is what yes, people are going there really for. is a theme oh, of water yeah. and fire. Which and is sunset. Think of where your distilleries are, though. Yeah. yeah. Where, are you, where, where, are, where are your the majority of your distilleries in Scotland? They're they're by water. They're by the you know the the River Spey, or they're on the you know you mentioned Talisker at the top in your introduction. Like they're you know they're by the sea. Yeah. They're, um, they're on an island. Yes. 
Yeah. So any more any more specific than Scotland? Is there a part of Scotland? Is there a particular beach that springs into your mind as the place that you'd like to be sitting? And we'll come round to the we'll talk about your dad then and obviously when we talk about who you want to have with you for the perfect conversation. But you know, thinking about that location, it's a campfire, so the fires are burning, the sun is setting. I'm assuming because the sun is setting, you're gonna to want to be on the west coast. Sunset on the east, a bit crap. Yeah, I was in um, last year. I was in uh, on the island Mill, and I had bought a bottle of um, Leachich and a bottle of Tobamori, and I had the Tobamori. The Tobamori is always a bit uh, longer aging. They, I think they're like eighteen and twenty ones and all this kind of stuff. Was the Leachich? They just fire at the bottle yeah. like, after like two weeks, man. It's just, <laughs> it's just fire in a glass, you know. <laughs> So I took the Tobamori out with me and uh, on this lovely beach and uh, on Mull, and I had never been to Mull before, and I fell in love with it, and I thought I, uh, it was really special. We're never going to be able to know this, but I'm fairly certain you said Tobermory six different ways. Uh, <laughs> you pronounced it differently every time <laughs> you said it. I cannot wait Tobermory. to hear this back. <laughs> Very excited Tobermory. about that. Tobermory. I think one, of the, one time I think you said Toby Mori. <laughs> Toby Mori. <laughs> I really I enjoyed he that. Great, he had a great one album back in uh, the early noughties. <laughs> Toby Mori. <laughs> I agree and with I you would on be, Mull, And though. I would be listening to Toby Mori as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. So, um, uh, I have yet to do Mull. Mull's great. Oh, next great, on my man. list of ones that I want to visit. Oh, it looks like class. it's got elements of what makes Sky beautiful, but it's got whiskey yeah, distilleries. Yeah, without the tourists. That, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Without, without the being Which overrun. Which is nuts there. because it's got so much going for it as well. Like There's there's beautiful scenery. You've yeah. got the ferry across to Iona from Finnefort, oh, uh, where all the ancient fact, Scottish yeah, kings are killed. Maybe that's what I'd be on a beach in Iona. Beach in Iona. It's a, it's a, it's a very after the last ferry of the day's already left. Yeah, yeah. Sitting on the grave of Macbeth. Yeah. God, we're such tour guides, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> He's my favourite Scottish king. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, you can't really, I can't, I can't really see past that. To be honest, knowing, knowing with my dad as well, we'd have to have some music playing as well. He's he's writing his music so we'd have to have a, a playlist to go with it as well so this is an interesting point because in the last episode that we had here we had Jamie Borthwick who also selected to have it next to a fire on a beach um, oh really he opted though to not have music because he talked about there's always some guy that whips out a guitar and we discussed at length that that was not necessarily something any yeah, of that's us would painful, welcome yeah. so are you but having someone just me. play live or are you bringing your no, own little no, no. this CD is player? just me and my dad and we're just playing, playing to the music we, we like player, uh, fucking old <laughs> bluetooth speaker connected to Spotify is what it would be with a uh, CD player <laughs> We're just playing the songs we like, me and my dad. That's what I think that, that we'd be doing. What's your and your dad's And they maybe they maybe we'd maybe be uh, maybe they would be Scottish songs, perhaps. Um, but it aye, could be any. I was going to say, what's the music? Is it Scottish music or is it something else? Uh, we'd probably have a wee mix, I suppose. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Scottish music. My dad brought me up on. He like run rig and all that. Class. That would, I mean, that's yeah. Did you go see the Proclaimers when they were on Leith? I I thought, got, no, I didn't. Like I didn't get tickets for Leith, but I can tell you this: uh, me and my dad were in the Cask and Barrel in uh, in Edinburgh the night that the French put the English out of the World Cup. Good times. And uh, the French put the English out of the World Cup, and then we walked across the road to watch the Proclaimers at the Playhouse. And I was like, I think this is the best <laughs> night 
any Scotsman could ever have. Like, we've just watched the French pump the English out of the World Cup, and now we're walking across the street to watch the Proclaimers. Like, does it get better than this? In fact, fuck it. Maybe I'll make that my. <laughs> maybe I'll make that my ideal. And is that the, was that the best point of the whole night as well? The walking between the two. Of those oh, situations. it was amazing, the, man. The, because the, the penny the, drops. The, the, and the best. What I really liked is that the Proclaimers didn't even mention it. Which I thought was quite classy. Like they just they knew that everyone was there, but they were about to start soon, and uh, literally Harry Kane blazed that penalty over. Funny, and uh, and then we just walked to the, the gig. I've got some stories about that night because I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly what I was doing, and I remember exactly who I was with. We are doing cannot... nothing for the stereotype of better Scotsman, by the way. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I can't tell. Highlights celebrating another team losing is so perfect for us, isn't it? I just can't tell it? any of my stories on this podcast because they're <laughs> really bad. Um, but my 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 excuse then is that we were playing France, mm. and if you remember, I'm going to go full to now. Twelve ninety six, we signed the old alliance. Twelve ninety five, isn't it? Shop. Uh, who cares. Sorry, look at me. I'm having a game. Oh, I've got a master. I, I know, I know. I'm so um, sorry. I'm so sorry. But, uh, but here's the thing, right? That Treat means that we were bound. My international treaty to support France in that game. Very fair point, Angus. Mm. That is how interna- I'm not breaking international law for a football match. It's 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 a very good reason. That I'm not going <laughs> to fight you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit basic with my answer now. Though the old beach and fire and no, stuff. It's perfect. Put- the only other element that asks this is there a time of year that plays into this. Is this a summer thing that you're doing or is there another time of year that you feel would be nicer for this moment? I'm an autumn guy. Yeah. It's a good season. Yeah. Yeah. I get really bad hay fever in summer. Can he breathe? So autumn's the first time you're actually tasting the whiskey in your glass. Aye. Because all through the summer it just could be anything. Yeah. And also like like as as comedians, uh, the fringe is finished and it's the one time of year, kind of that September, October, where you don't feel the pressure of having to write something having to prepare you know what I mean and it's just that lovely feeling of uh, and then even even that time in Edinburgh those bloody stands come down from the yeah from outside the castle and the cities it's it's busy but not summer busy and it's also not like dead like it is in say November or February God, you know February's rough yeah and so it's Perfect. It's a beautiful sentiment because it's the first time of the year where you're not doing something for somebody else. You're yeah. 100% doing yeah. it for you. It's indulgent, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's not, but it's not flashy. Mm-hmm. It's a, mm-hmm. a nip on a beach on Iona watching the sunset. By the way, me and my dad have never done this. <laughs> Ever. But here's the great thing. This is something that you can do at some point and you can take a box. And yeah. be like, great. So we would be, do you know what? It'd be me and my dad. We'd be sitting there drinking uh, some delightful malt whiskey and then we'd invite my Uncle Raymond and he'd just be tanning fucking Glens. <laughs> and Speaking of Glens... I don't know how this happened, but my flatmates had, I don't know, I don't know whether they had a party, I don't know whether they went out or something like that. A bottle of Glen's vodka has appeared on my whiskey shelf and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I I mean, for there. multiple reasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vodka's rough, man. Jeezo. <sighs> so we've got the whiskey. We've got where you're going to drink it. Um, what about nip number two? What are we thinking of this? I'm not as enthused on this. Okay. This feels very woody. Getting wood. I, I I think there's a there's a weird sweetness to it that makes me think 
it almost definitely isn't unless Cam Sluna throws a massive curveball. This could be grain, or is it all malt? Or are you going to not tell me? No, I wouldn't go that far. No, nah, it's it. probably not it's that. It's not that sweet, no. But it was a touch of, like it definitely gave me that compared bit of, to the know, first one. It feels a little dead on the nose. Like the the uh, a lot more going on in that first. Drive. Yeah, and there's nowhere near as much alcohol in this one. And if this happens the same because we did this before, where I said, "Oh, that one's got no alcohol," and it's, that's much weaker. And it turned out it was like the strongest. It was the strongest of the three. Yeah, but I just don't think this one is. This one. This one has to be forty percent. This seems like it's. It would be something really drinkable, like uh, and and drinkable for for maybe non whiskey people. They'd love this. Okay. But maybe uh, me and you are looking for something a bit more. You know, one of your guests who, who never drinks whiskey be like, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. It maybe is like a Glen Morangie or like a Dalwini, you know, just that. Don't get me started on Dalwini. Very, very <laughs> just. You like, a lawsuit at some point. <laughs> like, we might call it a bit boring, but they'd be like. That's how really? I would describe it. I think this is quite boring. Okay. Although there was. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, if I was picking up anything, I would definitely say like. There's there's almost you can some like sandalwood or something like that. very so very like a uh, woody flavor yeah, yeah. tobacco. Yeah. What do you think about that? I don't know like if tobacco. there's enough strength for tobacco. I don't think it's as strong, but I, I took one big sip to kill the glass, and that's what I got there. <laughs> I still think it's a nice dram, though. I'll drink it. <laughs> so I think Cam's never put one in front of me. I'm going. Like, I can't finish. It's like good, we're like good cop, bad cop with the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So we've got. The nip. We've got the location. We've got most of the answer for part three, but we'll dive into it a little bit more. But let me go and pour out the third nip of the evening. So we've got the whiskey. We've got the place. We've already talked about that your dad's going to be with you, but let's dive in as you start to savour uh, dram number three. Uh, who it is that's with you? So obviously your dad's with you, but we've sort of said, you know, this is about picking the perfect company. You've already said your Uncle Raymond might come along and drink the rough stuff, so you can choose to uninvite. Um, is there anyone else that you'd have with you? If you're sitting down for the perfect whiskey conversation, uh, and you can have anybody, so is there someone even that you and your dad would want to have there, someone that you'd want to add into the mix, or do you, is that perfect experience just you and your dad? Just me and my dad, yeah. Yeah, well, to give you some context, some of the people we've had before, uh, luckily this is only episode four, so I can still remember everyone, but we had Gandalf. Right. Uh, Jessica Alba. Graham Sunis and your dad's going to be added to this pantheon. <laughs> what company he's in? I can. T- I, do you know what I was actually reminded of there? Fuck. I me. once. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, I just had a sniff of drum number three. <laughs> was- I. Uh, I don't know if the. I, I. I. What I can tell you is the worst company. Okay. Because there was this one time I was going out with this lassie. Again, Cam, it's probably not doing great Big for the old... Big uh, over no. here. Yeah. This was last... This is like 15 years ago. And uh, probably not doing best for the image of bitter Scottish folk. <laughs> but anyway, right, I'm down... I was going out with this lassie Faye Lancashire, Clitheroe, uh, which is like a, a posh, posh part of Lancashire, right? And uh, we go to this party. And uh, it's these types of people that ask you what school you went to. Yep. I know, exactly. and then you go Dingwall Academy. Dingwall Academy, like what of it? And just look at the confusion there. And um, they're like, kind of, they're they're asking, like, I'm like the token Scotsman there at this party. 
the guy's like, ah, he's like, ah, oh, jock, jock, jock. And he's like, come see my whiskey collection. And he pulled out this, like, drawers and drawers of whiskey. And I was just like, you know that scene in, like, Pulp Fiction when they open up the suitcase like, and gold. it's gold? Yeah. And I'm like, this is the dream, man. And I got steaming drunk <laughs> on this guy's whiskey. But then, no, but calm. But then I started singing, like, songs about Diego Maradona. <laughs> It's a room full of like English people. I'm going, he put his left hand in, his left hand in, out, in, out, do the Maradona and just gonna go. That's what it's all about. Oh, Diego Maradona. And they wanted to kill me. Um, so, yeah, probably would want to avoid that. Less Dutch courage and more Caledonian confidence, that. Uh, right. Yeah. Maybe, do you know what else I'd have there? I forgot to mention the Bonnie Prince himself. I'd have my dog Aww. there. Can that be the other. I'm trying to think though. I, sh- I should probably throw in like someone who's like a real icon, or a... you don't have to. But also, like, if you invite Gandhi, like, imagine the fucking headache of trying to explain whiskey to Gandhi. <laughs> Be like, ah, right, listen. So, I mean, it was you know, Gandalf. this has been like... no, no one said Gandhi. <laughs> well, yeah. whatever. Was it Gandalf? Was it Gandalf? Gandalf would be class. Well, Gandalf yeah. knows what he's doing. To be fair, <laughs> like, I, I take everything back. Actually, yeah. Gandalf would be fucking class to do yeah. with. Gandhi, he'd be a fucking yeah, 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 yeah. So listen, Gandhi, there's this stuff here, it's whiskey, right? you got to put it in the back. And I'm like, I can't be arsed having that conversation. I need someone who's experienced. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I'm not looking for a whiskey virgin. I have like, I'm, I'm sitting there with, with like, I don't know, like Beyonce. You can't tell me Beyonce knows a cleanlish 14 inside <laughs> out. No. I'm not having it. I think she knows I'm a not Macallan. I think she knows her way around a Macallan. Do you reckon? I think so. Uh, well, uh, that kind of, the, they think fucking McAllen's the dog's the best bollocks over there, time, don't yeah. they? Uh, nothing can be ever. It's even, it was in an episode of Better Call Saul. That sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to have to explain it to someone. At least my daddy gets it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is a difficult dram you've poured us. It is. And he would appreciate this. He'd be like, and we could deconstruct it and we could go through it. And we could find a conclusion, the two of us together. And I think this brings us back to a point you made at the very start of this, which is where you feel like your palate is limited because of the foods that you've had. The chances are that your dad has tasted very similar foods in his life and their shared experiences because you grew up in the same household, I I assume. But when mince and tatties were served in your house, you both tasted the same mince and tatties and therefore your taste and your palates are going to be very similar. There might be differences in flavours and preferences and all that stuff. But I think it's a beautiful circular conversation that's brought us right back to that point you made at the very top which is your palate you feel like sometimes you can't do the far reaching and you and your dad can share that experience together discover the flavours and probably lead each other down the same path as you know little things as you go if if we're on that beach and and the dog's there as well and we're walking and chatting and aye, it's cheesy. My dad's my hero. It just sounds say. lovely. Uh, but the You've only met thing my dad, Angus. You know how sound he is. He is sound, aye. But the only thing I can picture in my head then is just the very dour Scottish on the beach. It's raining. Um, <laughs> you stood there, you're drinking a whiskey. Excuse me, this is this my is, fucking... I was going to say, there's a fire going Why are you intruding on my... Why are you literally raining on my parade, the fire Angus? Is there, Fuck the off. The fire's going out. And you're like, <laughs> Dad... <laughs> Dad, should we paddle in the sea? And he's like, no, son, drink your whiskey. <laughs> right, Angus. That's what I'm picturing, so enjoy. Um. So, beautiful. We've selected our experience, but we need to finish this off, the oh, blind tasting this element. Is, this, this is wild, this drum, man. Jesus. I want to know what your first thoughts are on this before I say anything, because I, I think I've caught someone here. Right. Okay. Porty as hell. Porty. 
porty. I'm not getting that. I'm getting the wood. I'm getting like an, almost a rumminess to it. And what I associate with that Rum. Okay. is old. I think this is older. I think Cam's surprising us with some. There's something going on here. I mean, it, like, it's like a, a Christmas cake. I remember me and my dad once went to the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society for one of their. Uh, have you ever been to? The, they do like the the tasting nights where you do the outturn where they open the. It costs like fifty quid to go to it, but you get like a wee bowl of chili and every single dram on the outturn. You can try it as many times as you like for free. Mm. Um, it's a cracking night out brilliant me and my dad got shwasted um, <laughs> it was good times but the first thing anyone went to was their highest end dram that was there which was I think a 25 year old Glen Farkless and I'm tasting what I tasted Big there so Glenn I think Farkless, a, man. I don't think it's Glen Farkless there's no way that's Glen Farkless no though. but there's a taste of the age of it that comes in there's the woodiness that comes in with it that I usually associate with the taste of I rum. don't know I think if it was really old it would be less exciting like f for this to be this complex and kind of a bit batshit it needs it, it, it kind of needs the youth you know like what that age gives you it, it really smooths it out it, it kind of hammer you know what i mean it kind of yeah. an old whiskey irons out the creases do you know what i mean whereas this is just like this is like opening a bag of monkeys this man this is <laughs> do you know what i mean like <laughs> I don't know what it's all sort. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I'm honestly like it's it's phenomenal. I absolutely love it, but I just put it to my to my nose, and there's just it's madness, man. <laughs> it really is. It's like I, 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 I want to say like currants and and I said Christmas cake, yeah, didn't I? You did. Like really kind of rich, rich fruits. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why I said port. Port's really rich, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not getting a huge amount of the port kind of stuff from it. Right, well, it's come to the Cracking part of the show them. where we rank them. Uh, and this is the part where we confirm that we're delighted to be sponsored by Whiskey Me. Once again, a fantastic company Thank that you. are all about bringing whiskey to you through your letterbox because they you can go and buy little pouches of 60 centiliters which is exactly what you gentlemen have drank for two of these one of them is a supermarket special out of my own collection we'll get to that in just a minute but listen go check out the people at whiskey me they do a subscription as well you can do it just for the pouch or you can do a subscription where you get a bottle through the post every single time and they're getting different things sometimes from around the world as well and we're going to be asking you guys to do two things again tonight because Fuck. we're going to be asking you what is your supermarket special and we're going to be asking you which one isn't Scottish whiskey so uh, as you ponder your thoughts uh, we will get you to rank them in order starting and whichever way we normally do I think worst to first but I'm I'm indifferent um what I want though is your favorite your middle one your least favorite then we'll come around with the supermarket and the non-Scottish cool. one so we'll start the, with our the guess. most complete dram is definitely number one Okay. Is the most complete. Uh, and by complete means favourite or? Yes, I. why not? Okay. Uh, this one here is a lot of fun. Like I say, it's like a bag of monkeys. Uh, it's it's maybe a little bit much. Uh, very, very different. I'd like a bottle of it. And then I'd maybe have a bottle of it and then never, ever go back to it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I've had it that one time and that's. You've drunk it. It's been in the, one of the four. Yeah, yeah. It's gone. And uh, number two was definitely the for me the I, I I would never say dull but it was that surely has to be the the supermarket dram the kind of the bog standard I've got thirty quid in my pocket and I'm going down and getting a nice solid dram that'd be number three so for me 
Uh, number one, probably the the best. Sure, if that one's not Scottish, then holy shit. <laughs> uh, I really am terrible at this. That one, uh, for me, was probably the most complete one. Really had, had a, a lovely heat to it. Then smoothed itself out. This one here, a bit mental. I think this is the one that's not Scottish. And the second ram we had is the supermarket ram. Okay. And, and my... I don't want to say least favourite because I still enjoyed it. Yeah, but. yeah. Great. Angus? I really don't want to be boring, but I 100% agree with that. Right. Uh, the first one's my favourite. The third one's my second favourite. The second one was my least favourite. Um, I think it was a supermarket one. It was the one that certainly came in with the less amount of like alcohol. <laughs> and now I wouldn't be shocked if you said that the third one was at 40 as well. But it certainly came in with the least amount of spice, the least amount of like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, um, it was a bit dull on the nose, number two as well, aye. wasn't it? Like there wasn't much. Um, and uh, this one, a hundred percent, I think that that can't be Scottish. If it turns out that aye. the first two must have been, yeah. So what I can tell you is that you've both absolutely nailed this. Yes. Um, so we'll start first of all with our supermarket special, um, which is the Glenfiddich 12. I think um, you, you said Glenmorangie, you were close. You said Glenmorangie and Dalwini yeah, was yeah, the space that yeah, you were playing in there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, in, it's in that realm though, isn't it? It's, for me, this is one of the most commonly gifted whiskies at Christmas. Am I right thinking that Glenfiddich 12 is the best-selling single malt in the world? Yeah, that triangle bottle's iconic. Yeah, yeah it really is. So we talked about the taste, characteristically sweet, fruity notes develops into butterscotch cream, malt and subtle oak flavours. You talked about the woody flavour coming out of that one. Um, you talked about it being a little bit boring, weird sweetness. So obviously characteristically sweet, definitely mm. both of you were picking up on that. So well done on that one. Um, the the second, sorry, the third one that you had. Um, any guess as to where in the world... It might have come from. I was thinking India immediately, like Goa in India. It's normally your go-to uh, India, yeah. Like in terms they're of... They're making they, quite interesting. They've had could to be do, Japan. They've had to do... No, because I don't think Japan, because Japan follows a similar kind of mat maturation process. To the Scottish was, yeah. I think that the, I think you might have been right with India because you don't have the climate to follow that similar maturation process. So you probably have to do something a bit bonkers mm. to get something out of it do you know what I mean so they've done something with the barrels or you know what I mean that yeah. they, they've maybe aged it for less but they've managed to get this really remarkable flavour from it it is as Bon Jovi said, whoa, we're halfway there because this actually comes all the way from Australia oh. um, so a wonderful whiskey called Morris this is one of the whiskey me um, drams that came through and for me as well I had a little taste I left the most of it for you guys but wow, yes, unlike yeah. anything. I'll be honest, yeah, I couldn't yeah. even liken it to anything. Yeah. I did a whiskey tour literally two nights ago where the guy was raving. He was an Australian guy who loved the tour because I'm really good at my job. Uh, but he also uh, he was raving about this uh, whiskey over there called Lark. And I was like, well, I'll try some Australian whiskey. I'm glad I have now. That would, it is. It's really interesting. Phenomenal. Yeah, really. Uh, and not meant as a... A this very not Scottish. Yes. Yeah. But that 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 is a hundred percent not meant as uh you know, having a go at them for that. It's mm. they've they've clearly had some fun with this anyway. Um, I was going to have some fun with you guys because it's actually distilled in Rutherglen, but Rutherglen, Victoria. Right, okay. Not Rutherglen, Glasgow. <laughs> so um, I, I was like, Rutherglen, what? Um, 
so if we look at the actual tasting notes of this one though and also here's the interesting part uh, you said porty. Aye. It has been, it spent some time in fortified wine barrels. Right, there so you go. absolutely, uh, that's what's coming Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. Um, How old is it? it Non-age statement, age. as far as I can old. see. Um, the It's described as a fruity, sweet Australian single malt. Um, it creates aromas of orchard fruits, black cherries, and sh- uh, shortbread biscuits that fill the nose, the palate, zesty marmalade, cocoa and blackberries that linger on the finish there was something for me when i had this that black forest gato kept coming to me but i didn't i couldn't place it it was like Mm. a a memory of black forest gato and that's easily the wankiest thing i've said since doing this (laughs) podcast um but you know if you look at the the flavors that come out of this it's it's marmalade blackberry cherry so christmas cake definitely dark chocolate biscuits apple there's orchardy fruits has definitely got something to that rich fruits i remember seeing (laughs) Like uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, rich fruits, yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah, like winter time fruits, isn't it? Yeah, um, and then we move on to our winner, um, which based on a quick look at prices is but a mere 10 pounds more a bottle than the Glenfiddich 12, really? um, which is quite something. Uh, light mouthy, creamy tablet, you'd said, Angus, you said finished in something not typical, and by that, I just purely meant not sherry or bourbon. This is the Deanston Dragon's Milk Stout Cask Finish. Stout Cask. And do you know what? I I said, when you were asking me about my favourite whiskey, and I said uh, Cleanlish, and I said I really love oily whiskies. Yep. Deanston is another really oily whiskey. So that would would explain why... Yep, and it's, I think it was my favourite. Flavours, you talked about creamy tablet, sweet, um, and I think the sweetness definitely from the stout, uh, for me, it's something that brings through. Aromas of flowers, rich malt, red apples, freshly cut grass, um, uh, complemented of white pepper, red chilli, vanilla, dark chocolate, lemon zest, and powdered sugar through the palate and ling- with a lingering finish. Um, I got, uh, for me, I got coffee off of this. I thought yeah. it was quite a coffee that taste on the... Stout, I think if you know it's stout and you... Then taste that, then... And I guess this is it. Yeah, I do know what I'm that. tasting, so maybe yeah. I'm more influenced by it. But um, I thought I thought it was cracking. I thought it was a really, really good dram. Um, yeah, I totally agree. It was it was the complete dram in terms of it really hit you at the start. Um, you could you could feel that you could feel the heat off of that yeah. instant, and then it just completely qualified itself. It just was smooth as hell, man. Uh, it was a cracking dram. And only £10 more than a bottle of Glenfiddich. All three bottles that we've drunk tonight you can get for under £50. You say that while you've been talking about I've That's just bought it. Man. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm, just, I'm just on a, the RBS app. That's uh, a cask. A approving, cask my, uh, approving my transaction a right cask now. cask strength Deanston. 44 quid. That's phenomenal, man. Yeah, I'm not missing that. That's a cracking risk. Daniel Downey, thank you for joining us. No, my pleasure, Cam. I enjoyed point. it. It was great. And just to recap, your dream dramming experience is a glass of Kleinleash 14 served on a beach in Scotland, Iona specifically, at sunset as you're joined by your dad and your Doug for the perfect whiskey experience. That sounds amazing. I uh, I, I wish I was doing that right now. That sounds fantastic. Thank Absolutely. you for... Uh, sounds glass. Yeah, thank you for... So give me that opportunity to do that. Thank you to Daniel for coming in. Thank you to Whiskey Me for sponsoring this yes. podcast. <laughs> Thank you to Angus for nothing that I need to edit out this week. We'll be back again very soon. But until then, Slanjava.
would like to catch Daniel Downey at the fringe this year. He's taking a show Jacobite to the Scottish Comedy Festival at the Beehive from 2 o'clock until 3 every single day, I think. Yep. Um, and if you want to see me, once again, I'm plugging it every week. My show is called Short King. It's £8 at the Stand Comedy Club, Stand 4, 245 So come and see me, and then the next day go and see Dan. Uh, bye.